Radiohead memo. That's a little. I think that's too inside. Got it. Because it just sounds like gibberish. Welcome to Unimed's Innovation Overground, where we dig into some of those amazing discoveries we often hear about, but never actually touch our lives in any meaningful way, at least out of uh, academic research. And, well, actually, you know what? We heard from one of our listeners, Brent. We did. Yeah, Brent, the big Burgess Meredith Radiohead fan. Really big Yeah, fan. I, Yeah, t-shirts and everything. He was telling us how we don't really talk about that stuff. We don't. No. <laughs> we do other stuff now. We kind of transition. Yeah, so I think it's probably more fair to say that we look at some of those innovations and try to help boost them past the finish line. So that's right. Is that, is that a little more fair? We're from okay. the university. We're here to help. That's right. <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, thank you for joining us. We are sponsored by Unimed, the technology transfer and uh, commercialization office for the University of Nebraska. I'm joined by Joe Rungi, who we just heard from. Hi, Joe. Hi, Charlie. <laughs> He's our lawyer werewolf thing. And then Tyler Scher is our... Um, licensing associate, also at Unimed. How's it going, Tyler? Hey, pretty good. How you doing today, Charlie? Not bad. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, I do want to talk about... You want to talk about how our listeners should take a moment and subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating <laughs> and rank it? You can do that if you want. Please tell people. You know, we're trying to be the uh, front porch for university innovation. Talk yes. about how we can get great ideas to solve the world's and they, problems. And they could also be like Brent and give us really good advice Yes, on, on how to be better. Because this show could be better. It could be better, <laughs> right, Brent? <laughs> I know you're not. I can hear you nodding out there. All right. So I do want to go over um, this idea of green energy. I know coal is not the answer to all our prayers and dreams, but are universities doing anything to help with this big problem? Is it a problem? Is, is global climate change, at least in some part, caused by man a problem? If you believe in that sort of thing, I guess. <laughs> man, really? We're, we're wading into controversy here, aren't we? I would say yes, no. it's a problem. No, it's – it's well, I mean, they're, they're – it's a finite – what we have now is finite source. So we're talking about renewable stuff potentially, right? Okay. Yes, sure. We can we can, we can can shift and, and deflect and we yeah. can go into – I don't just, want to wade into controversy. I just don't have the energy for I mean, it today. Okay. Who could disagree with diversifying where we get our energy from, right? I'm I mean, sure it's nice to have multiple different sources. Wait a minute. There's though. all sure sorts of call. good reasons. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yes. you know, if you're going to disagree, just leave a rating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> call us up. Subscribe. Follow us. Be one of our. And be one of our many listeners. Tell us how stupid we are. Tell us how we're totally wrong and off base on all of this. We'd love to hear it. Yeah, we, we could avoid a lot of war if we weren't using natural okay. gas. So while we <laughs> while we dial up the outrage machine, Tyler, tell us what you got. Sure. Yeah. So I'm going with an oldie but a goodie today. So uh, I'm talking about nuclear energy. I believe you. Yeah. I believe nuclear the, reactors. I believe the correct pronunciation is nuclear. Nuclear. <laughs> <laughs> so these are. So what's? I'm sorry. What'd you say? Sorry, so small, it's nuclear. Small modular reactors. Small. Yeah. Like yeah, how small? Yeah. How small? Like so house, like you you power your house. With bigger a small than a bread box. So we're talking um, like the size of a. It's a couple of you know a couple of propane tanks. So fairly small actually. A Holy fairly cow, small is... cylinder. Yeah. So the beauty of these is though it's modular, so you can stack. Uh, these cylinders together to accommodate your needs. So instead of building one large nuclear power plant uh, to maybe to accommodate like a large city or part of a state or a region, you just make it modular. 
So how small could it go? I mean, what, what are we talking about like a, like a small building or a neighborhood? No. So no, no, no. Like literally the smallest um, size would be uh, about the size of, uh, of a septic tank, I guess. Well, okay. <laughs> it's, it's kind let of a me, weird comparison, but. Let me rephrase the question. <laughs> how small of a thing could it power? Oh, that's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, we can get into that a little bit here. So, I mean, um, at its smallest, is it enough to power like a? Is it you know a, a, an entire neighborhood and it, like an apartment building? So, so, so they Charles, estimate Charlie's building a submarine. And I want. He has, need, he has issues. <laughs> actually, they, they, have, they've actually proposed to have them power submarines. So that would be about at its smallest. Okay. Yeah. At its, checking that off the list. And, and, and just just to get an idea again of scale, so twelve of these, a twelve module, um, small modular reactor would power over half a million homes. So. You, you take uh, twelve. That'd be twelve. So twenty. So twenty four could power That's Omaha. That's the power of Omaha. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Or the Omaha, the Greater Metro. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> as I understand nuclear power, and I, I'm not saying I do, um, you, you take radioactive rods and have them in some sort of water environment where they sort of create steam and steam turns turbines. Right. That that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm assuming that a propane tank doesn't do the same thing or, or is it the same design i mean it's still basically so it's the like same propane, yeah. it's propane <laughs> it's a smaller it's more efficient Nuclear it's entirely propane. self-contained so there are radioactive pellets in control rods in a water bath just mini yes yes yep it's self-contained also has a natural circulation cooling system which makes it supposedly safer. Okay. So when the nuclear charge is all that, do I just take it to the stop and shop and exchange it? <laughs> yeah, just you take it to your local grocery store and you trade out the old one for the new one. Or, or you, right you just throw it in the Missouri River and... <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. No, I don't... I, yeah, it's a good question. I don't know exactly what the lifespans of these would be. Okay, so... a good question. Um, Decades? Who's working on this? For sure. Who's working on this? Uh, also, yeah, also a very good question. So this is a cool uh, actual... Tech transfer success success story came out of a collaboration between uh, multiple labs, one at Oregon State University um, over a decade ago. Uh, they ended up licensing that technology to the inventors who did a startup with it. Um, and they ended up getting bought out by a larger company called New Scale Power, um, who th has then recently secured massive grants from the U.S. Department of Energy. And now they're going to be opening up their first module location at Idaho National Labs. So these aren't really direct to consumer, though. These are they, you well, essentially have a B two B model, for lack of a better term. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, this this is to transform the energy infrastructure of of a country, not necessarily right. direct to kinda, consumer. I don't know. This sounds like it could raise potential security concerns, don't you think? Which actually gives me an idea for a future episode, but we'll get into that in a minute. In terms of nuclear fallout, like a reactor explosion. Well, I mean, if there's something that you could conceivably just put in a U-Haul trailer. Oh, in terms of being Just able to kind of take it anywhere to you monitor where, where where it's going. Yeah. yeah, it seems like part of the reason nuclear plants are safe is because they're hard to steal. Yeah, right. <laughs> I have, but a if really it comes in twelve convenient stealing. modules that can <laughs> right. fit inside yeah. a trailer, I mean, I could see this thing having a handle. Tank. It's like I just need three guys. Like, if you could move a couch, <laughs> you, you can, can move steal a nuclear a reactor. small nuclear reactor. Yeah, that sounds like a bad idea to me. I'm sorry. You know, uh, the, the security is probably going to be at a premium, um, and maybe there's some advances in university security technology that, that could be applicable Man, here. I can hear the winks. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's a good point. I hadn't even thought of that. You're right. Yeah, that's 
you definitely no need PhD. to be able to 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 to, to regulate no. the comings and goings around your <laughs> no small. Wait, <laughs> are you saying plant. that unlike regular nuclear power plants, these will need some kind of security? <laughs> I think so. I don't know. It's going to invent a whole new profession, security, yeah, I, I nuclear just, power plant security. The thought of you know being able to drag a, a mini nuclear plant around just gives me the heebie-jeebies, I guess. So the reason why uh, – yeah, and I can't – I'm sure they have a good answer for that. I right. can't answer it. But okay. the reason why I bring this up, maybe you think it's an odd fit for green. Uh, currently, I'll just remind you that there's 98 nuclear power plants in the U.S., these provide roughly 20% of the, the U.S. Um, electricity needs, but they provide 63% of the clean energy in this country. Hmm. Yeah. Yes. So h- how would the energy infrastructure change if you had modular nuclear power? So a lot of these older, larger plants are going to be going out <laughs> uh, pretty soon. Well, we're just decommission uh, or decommissioning the one that was in Nebraska, right? Yep. Yeah, Cajun, yeah. So. Um, so the thinking here is again, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's cheaper, more efficient, it's self-contained. So they've they've tried to address a lot of the the worries mm-hmm. of having like explosion. A sort of, yeah. You basically just a bury it. Battery. You have you have natural water flow, so it's going to be near some sort of natural uh, water site, or you 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 outlet water to it from right. a, from a natural site. Um, but b- the fact that it's modular means and f- relatively uh, comparatively cheaper, a lot cheaper than these older plants, uh, means that you can hopefully you can stack it as per the needs of that community or that state or that region. So. Um to counter-program Charlie, um, one of the things I looked at was a little bit less, um, a little bit more modest, I guess, in terms of, of how to get uh, more energy squeezed out of the existing energy grid, and that's through smart grids. Um, one of the things that the medical center does is we have a group of engineers that spend a lot of time trying to figure out how do they upgrade the installation to use less power um, at the, the university. And so one of the things I was really looking at is what inventions are sort of present from universities that are really do- going to optimize these. And I saw one from, the, uh, from Columbia. It's a researcher named Roger Anderson, and it's basically a machine learning algorithm that studies energy utilization in large buildings. That sounds like Skynet. Yeah, it's Skynet. Um, oh, but instead okay. of <laughs> that's <it> really <laughs> yeah, but, but instead of having Skynet make Terminators and send them back in time, it's saying <laughs> how long have the lights been on and how do we like restructure the various settings on the building? So, how do we maximize cooling at off-peak times? How do we, um, you know, automate the lights so that you know they're on when people need them and off when people do? I mean, like I don't know, my kids, right? Like they they can leave every light in the house. On. It's, right. yeah, it's, it's a superpower. Kids, it is. It's like they find lights I didn't even know I had. Right. Yeah. And they're on. Yeah. yeah, no, exactly. And so, you know, I have, to, I have to budget in, you know, a good 20 minutes before I go anywhere to turn off all the lights. <laughs> I don't know how, like the refrigerator yeah. lights on it. I don't get it. So. <laughs> refrigerator light, all the flashlights are up there. <laughs> There's a fire in the backyard. <laughs> oh, you want to get that? Um, and so it's really cool. The, the way that the algorithm works is it looks at all these different inputs. Um, they'll look at sort of the historic use of, of energy usage in the building. They'll look at weather within sort of the area. They'll look at, you know, the actual power grid itself, like where are they getting energy from? What are the, the sort of 
uh, various sources that come from it. And then they, they mix this all together with a series of sort of business rules. And the business rules are sort of user generated. And they had a really cool study. They, it's Columbia. So they, they did a, one or two big office buildings in Manhattan. And they were able to dramatically lower the, the cost of, of their energy. But more importantly, they were able to almost perfectly predict the energy utilization moving forward. Hmm. So on any day, they would say, at you know hour by hour, here's what the energy usage is going to be. And it's there. And I think that's one thing that's like really interesting about energy usage, that like we spend a lot of time you know talking about where we generate our power and all yeah. that. And, and in reality, like we use energy really inefficiently because we're people. You know? like, right. I mean, I, I I don't know how mindful anyone usually is about their energy utilization, oh but this is gosh. exactly yeah. the sort of thing that computers would be good at. Yeah. Sure. You know? yeah, I leave stuff plugged in all the time. I, yeah. You are terrible. I've got like five <laughs> coffee machines going at home right now. <laughs> at all times. Two dozen I got fans. bored with trying to figure out the thermostat, so I just got the air and the AC going and, and the heat going. I let them fight it out. Yeah. You, know? For, you know, I'll just settle with the winter. And when I want energy, I want it now. <laughs> I got five Teslas plugged in. I don't even need them. <laughs> So how much are there any would this be something that could be applicable on a larger scale multiple yeah. buildings or in a city Yeah and I mean so if you look at like smart grids as a concept they like IBM was doing a lot of work with Watson to use artificial intelligence to like better predict power utilization in cities but that was like city planning that was like how many power plants do we need This sort of integrates that same AI but like on a user base and so for this system they were able to demonstrate in a large, multi-use Manhattan skyscraper, I'm assuming. Because I'm from Nebraska, I assume every building in Manhattan is a skyscraper. But, they um, are, yeah. comparatively. But if you go to Manhattan, Kansas, they are not. That's true. Yes. But they're, they're charming. The little they're apple. Few, they're fewer. <laughs> there are, okay, well, so something like this, don't you hit a certain point, though, where you've squeezed all the efficiency out that you can? This is... Well, it just comes down to the data, right? So they're integrating, you know, a couple of different data sources. They're looking at weather and, and everything else with it. But the thing is, is if you sort of make that smart network responsive, right? So you have multiple power generation systems, right? There's this paper that I read years ago, which did a statistical model that if you had all of the power of the world purely generated by like wind turbines, what would happen? And there are all these unintended side effects, like it screws with weather or it changes you sure. know, sort of wind patterns or whatever. And same thing, all like the birds become half <laughs> of our planet around the sun. No one gets any sleep anymore. <laughs> um, you know, if you if you had solar panels everywhere, it changes like the reflective index of the Earth, which yeah. You know, and so I think like the the bottom. I mean, you know, I'm going to be on like I'm just going to lay all my cards on the table. I think all power generation needs to occur off planet. Right, we need to have satellites around Mercury or whatever, and then a space elevator. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> episode teaser. <laughs> yeah. That brings it back to Earth. But like, until that point, right? Like, one way to mitigate. I mean, I think when you know people first started burning coal or whatever, you know, they're like, "Wow, this is going to change everything." There's all this like cheap, abundant power. I'm not going to have to cut down all these trees anymore, and the trees are beautiful. And you know, I'm being environmental by burning coal. Well, turns out. Didn't know the whole story. And I'm yeah. sure it's the same thing with sort of, you know, suitcase size nuclear generation or, <laughs> you know, highly efficient solar panels or whatever, right? And mm -hmm. so one of the things that's a great hedge against all of that is how do we restructure our infrastructure to use whatever power we have more efficiently? And I think that, yes, that is a sponge. You cannot get all the water out by squeezing, but we ain't trying all that hard right Well, now. yeah, what is the efficiency <laughs> of, like, your average light bulb? Well, I think with LED lights, they're pretty efficient. Aren't LEDs they? are getting a lot more efficient, yeah. sure. But what is the efficiency of an LED? 
I mean, well, if you look at the power usage, it's know. you know, it's minuscule, right? Comparatively, because like, they say it's like a sixty watt. It's like a sixty watt light bulb, but it's like two watts or something right. like that. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Well, I think on that note, I think it's time we come to ground. Uh, thank you for joining us. We'll uh, put some links in the in the program notes to oh, some I of these. To say that. Can you tell them that, please? What a great idea you just had. Thank you. <laughs> Check the uh, program notes for links to the technologies we talked about today. Um, until then, um, thank you for joining us on the Innovation Overground. <laughs>